G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Connecting faith to life. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. I, mean, I can't walk up the street now without people knowing me. I go into a coffee shop and I go up to pay my bill and the person before me has paid my bill. And sometimes I break down in, in public crying, humbled that somebody else that I don't know had paid for my food bill. I mean, it's extremely humbling, but nobody knows more than me that God hasn't done all of this because of me. He's actually done it in spite of me. The Story. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and welcome to The Story. Today we have part two of Peter Lyndon James's remarkable story of transformation. He's gone from being a hardened criminal to being the founder and CEO of Shalom House, a very successful drug rehabilitation centre near Perth, Western Australia. As we heard last time, God got a hold of his heart while he was living as a criminal. And after serving his last prison sentence, he went on to Bible school became an ordained minister and started his own business. Next, we're going to hear how Shalom House came about. Peter Lyndon James is having a chat with Eric Scadabo. Peter Lyndon James, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. And let's go to that point in your life, you know, after prison, after Bible school, things were turning around. What was life like back then for you? So basically, uh, I spent 26 years in institutions of prisons from the age of nine. I had an encounter with God at the age of 31. Um, after having the encounter with God, I went back to prison for a term and got out of prison and started Bible college. Uh, done that for three years, and then I became a prison chaplain at Acacia Prison, uh, mm-hmm. voluntary three days a week for just on five years. And I finished at the prison in 2010. Um, and from 2010 up until now, um, currently today, I'm, I'm a full-time volunteer, um, and I have been a full-time volunteer ever since 2010, since I finished at the prison. And um, I just focus on helping people. Okay, and specifically in 2012, you decided to do something. Between the 2010 and 2012, I, I used to get a lot of men who were coming across my path needing help and discipleship. And so what I used to do is take them to a lot of rehabilitation centers and places that I knew that we were equipped to help people caught up in addiction and crime. And I'd done that for a couple of years, and I learned a lot of lessons. And in 2012, I drove past a house um, next to Bandyout Woman's Prison in Perth, Western Australia. And as I drove past the house, it had a for sale sign on it, and I felt a prompting to stop and look at the house. And when I looked at the house, and I walked through the house, it had all the makings that I could need to start a discipleship house. In other words, a place that could come alongside people to disciple them and help them to change instead of me taking all these centres. Being a volunteer, I had the time. I was 100% debt-free, and so I was in a good position. I felt God was telling me to actually buy the house. So I bought the house, went in the debt, and I started the discipleship house, and I decided to discipling people. I actually called the house Shalom House. The word Shalom means love in its purest form. Um, everything that we as Christians or human beings should aspire to be. Um, so I called it Shalom House. It also means to everywhere to go in peace. And I just decided to uh, disciple men. Okay, so 
how did it go from being a disciple house to being a rehabilitation center? Well, it was Shalom Discipleship House. I explained to everybody for the first two years, I actually disciple people to disciple people. Um, the Bible does say go into the world and make disciples, and I started a discipleship house, and I discipled people how to think, how to speak, how to act, how to cook, how to clean, and basically how to live life. And it is still today a discipleship house, but everybody, as the days went by and the months went by and the years went by, um, everyone kept arguing um, between the term discipleship and rehabilitation centre. And I got sick of actually calling it and explaining the fact that it's not actually a rehabilitation centre. It's a discipleship house. So I waved my flag and I said, okay, I run a rehabilitation centre. <laughs> and so now today, thank the Lord, that I don't actually have to explain the difference between discipleship and rehab. But I actually run a discipleship house. But for those who have struggles with the term, I wish to enter into conversation about discipleship and rehabilitation. I run a rehabilitation centre. Okay. Now, how did you know how to help people get off of drugs and all that? Um, I just have a relationship with God. I start my day on my knees, I end my day on my knees, and I take one day at a time because each day has enough trouble of its own. I didn't mean to start a discipleship slash rehabilitation centre. <laughs> um, and, and if you had asked me uh, six years ago or five years ago, uh, it's the last thing from my mind. But God actually called me to and I learned a lot of lessons. I've learned more in the last five years than I have in my whole life. So you don't have a one-size-fits-all program, but you do have people who, with uh, psychological background helping you as well? Yeah, we have uh, eight, nine counselors, a psychologist. We have doctor. Uh, we have we basically have everybody. We're, like, we're, we're probably the only 100% self-funded rehabilitation centre in the whole of Australia. Um, we have uh, 140 men in our houses. Um, we have over 13 um, properties that we all rent. Um, we have 50 to 70 staff. And we're actually working at restoring not just the lives of the individual, but the entire families in our community. Our, our program uh, that's been developed over the last five years, um, it costs nobody nothing. It doesn't cost anybody anything in any way, shape or form. It puts 100% responsibility uh, on the individual. And through our program, um, over the 12 months, every one of our residents leave here um, 100% debt-free. Whether they come in with $100 of debt, $500 of debt, or a million dollars of debt, they leave 100% debt-free within 12 months. Um, they also leave with all their family relationships restored. The mum, the dad, the brother, the sister, the children, the ex-wife, and the wife. And 100% all the relationships are restored. So those who will actually work with us, um, they also... Uh, leave with all their general issues fixed. A lot of fellows um, have had a history of 20 or 30 years of drug abuse. They've never had a driver's license in their life. They've got lots of fines. Um, all of our fellows leave here with a driver's license. Even those who've had three life suspensions have been told by the judge or the magistrate, you will never drive on our roads again for life times three. Um, they leave with a driver's license. Um, we've built relationships with the magistrates locally that put our fellows back on the road again with extraordinary driver's licenses. Wow. And we also have all of our fellows working full-time with an employer on the same page as the Rehabilitation Centre within three months. Um, so basically within 12 months, every single area of the person's life is completely restored and it doesn't cost community or society anything. Um, when they first do come in in our program, we charge each one $300 a week, get them on Centrelink, but we also get every single one of our fellows completely off of Centrelink within four months. There's literally no program like this one anywhere in Australia. Now, I saw you posted on Facebook 
that one of the people who were going through your program was actually given the keys to a, a car for him to use, and he was just crying. Do, do you remember that video? The, the video was posted. That was uh, Mr. George, uh, or George, we'll call him. Uh, but George has done um, 23 years in and out of prisons institutions, a bit like myself, um, and he was the gentleman that has two to three life suspensions, never to hold a license in his life. I think the first time that he lost his license was at the age of 13. And what happened was, through our program, he actually went to court and stood in front of a magistrate. We cleaned up a lot of his past, and the magistrate brought down the hammer and gave him his license. Now, George, uh, on the day that he got his license, he came back. He was standing next to the staff car, and he held a picture of his extraordinary license up, and there was just a big smile. And I actually set him up. I had somebody standing to the sidelines and say, hey, George, smile. And by the way, George, we're going to give you $3,000 to buy yourself a car. And he just wailed. Oh, wow. He just broke down crying. And, and three days later, three days later, he was telling the story in front of my 350 people in our auditorium about how he was driving down the road, driving the car, looking in the back of his rear vision mirror and seeing his dog rip, wag, wagging its tail and its tongue flapping and how he just, just broke down and cried. His oh, whole life, wow. he just wanted to be normal, like everybody else. And for him, uh, a 47-year-old man driving legally on the road with his dog on his back, and this man really loves his dog, he just broke down. He just can't believe the, the, the amount that his, his life has changed in such a short period. Isn't that a wonderful picture of the grace of God to all of us? Oh, the grace of God. The grace of God. The, the key for us here... Is the Bible says, and without preaching, I'm not a religious man, I really can't stand religion, but I am a Christian. I do run a faith-based rehab. But the Bible says that God abides or lives in an unapproachable light. And he is the fullness of everything that we aspire to be, love in its purest form, truth in its purest form, honesty, integrity. And the closer and closer we come to who he is, the more like him we become. And we don't push religion down our, our fellow states, but our program is structured in such a way that the more you experience his presence, the more your thinking changes, your speeching changes, your heart changes, the more all the faults and the flaws that's within you, the way you speak, the way you act, the way you think, the way you are with money, the way that you look at your women, the closer and closer you come to who he is, the more that everything that doesn't line up with who he is in you starts coming to the surface. And, and all we do is come alongside our man and we teach him to have a relationship with God we teach him how to hear his voice, to be led by his spirit. I am the great shepherd of the sheep, he says. My sheep know me, they hear my voice. And so that's why Swam is actually working at restoring the lives of the men. That God is the potter, that we are the clay. And we come alongside the potter, and we teach our fellows to hear God's voice. And we come alongside God. We come alongside God in what God is doing in their lives. It's not Peter, Linda, James that's changing the lives of the men and families. It's not Shalom House that's changing the lives of men and families. It's God. It's the spirit of the living God. It's our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is restoring the lives of men and families in our community, and he's bringing them back to himself. He's amazing. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Peter Lyndon James about how he became the founder and CEO of Shalom House, a very successful drug rehabilitation centre near Perth, Western Australia. We'll hear more of his story and the story of Shalom House 
when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with former hardened criminal turned founder of a drug rehabilitation centre, Peter Lyndon James. As we can hear in his voice, his enthusiasm for helping young men change their lives is contagious. His heart is for helping them to not make the same mistakes he did and to help them base their lives on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. Now, here's more of Peter's chat with Eric Scadabo. I started a church two and a half years ago on a Sunday. At the moment, we have over 350. Our auditorium is completely packed. We have one bloke and a guitar. We don't have a whole big band oh, on wow. stage. We have one bloke and a guitar. But we have 350 people in the church singing as loud and as proud as you can. My car park is full. We are literally choppers. But we don't have anybody on stage. We don't have anyone as a distraction. And we actually get a guitar person to stand right at the back of the auditorium so we can't even see him. And we just have one person a guitar. And we wow. worship him. Now let's talk about your life personally. Your wife has been with you through it all? I've been married 26 years. I met my wife when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife was a country girl from Longan Hills. Um, never done anything wrong. Um, I just got out of Riverbank, which is a boys' prison. I was selling drugs at a pub in Kelmscott. Um, she'd come down from the farm to study at TAFE. Um, she walked into the, the Kelmscott Hotel, and the second she walked into the hotel, she seen this charming, good-looking man from a distance. She fell to the floor in a puddle, uh, and she just got wooed in his presence, and that happened to be me. <laughs> and then for the next 15 years of her life, I actually ruined her life, led her in a world that she'd never been in before. Um, and, and, and just on the turning point when we come out of that world, I can remember in 2001, after doing 16 days no sleep, um, I woke up one morning and I had the helicopter come over the roof. I heard all the glass shatter as the, the tactical response crew come through the windows with shotguns and bulletproof vests. I was laying in the kitchen with a police officer's knee in the back of my head as my face was pushed down into the lino and I looked sideways up the corridor and I seen my wife naked naked with a shotgun with a shotgun to the back of her head as she was holding my 13 month old son that was the turning point uh, for my life um, now we've been together probably 16 or 17 years since that point and our relationship is stronger than it's ever been and God has given me the gift to wake up next to my wife every morning my wife is my princess she's a jewel in the heart She's special, she matters to me, and she actually makes my heart flutter. But I wake up at, at, uh, next to her every morning, and, and it's a gift to have my wife still in my life, especially after what I've done to her. Well, that is fantastic how the two of you are doing this as a team. You're working on this together. What's happened recently is Shalom has grown exponentially. Um, our offices are absolutely full. Um, our auditorium is absolutely full. Our works program is full. All of our houses are full. As I mentioned previously, we have 50 to 70 staff, heaps of volunteers, 140 men. We're still 100% self-funded or 100% God-funded. 
God has called me not to actually apply for grants. God has told me not to ask people for money. God has told me not to raffle a tin. And we just rely on God. And when God prompts the heart of a person to give, God prompts it. We have external auditors like Ernest and Young that's just done a complete audit over us and keeps us accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just rely on God for nothing. We are 100% debt free. Um, but we are working at restoring the lives of men and families in our community. And we're right at the point where we're about to explode. And because of the growth in Shalom in the last two years, especially the last seven years, my wife has actually been working to support me. Um, but just recently we've had to sell our business. And the reason we had to sell our business, um, Shalom was having an effect on myself um, because of the time at Shalom. And plus a couple of other things. I also pastor a church. I do lots of public speaking. Um, it was having an effect on our marriage, so we had to have a choice on our marriage or what God has called us to. So... Um, we sold our business and, and focused on what God has called us to. So now my wife works with me on a daily basis. It's only been like that now for probably six weeks. And things have been very exciting in your life. You were featured on ABC Television's Australian Story. You were named Australia's local hero in WA. Is that right? And what are some of the yeah. other exciting things happening in your life? Well, well actually, one was Australian of the Year two years in a row. Fantastic. Uh, finalists, uh, I was the finalist that went to Sydney last year. I also got Australia into the year. Uh, I went over to Canberra this year, made it into the top category, the final four representing Western Australia. I uh, also won uh, Telstra Business of the Year Award. Um, I've also run for local council, and now I'm one of the councillors of my local city of Swan. I had four years trying to work out why the council wouldn't actually work with me, and I felt that God was asking me to run for council. And so I ran to council and, and won with a landslide thing, and I actually took the place of the mayor, and um, now I'm on national council. Wow. Did you have any idea, <laughs> going all the way back to your troubled childhood, that something like this was even possible to happen in your life? Um, not at all. I went to 16 different schools. I, I only made grade six. I can't even read running writing. I mean, I sit back myself, and, and I sit back on a daily basis. And I personally see everything unfolds around me. I can't walk out up the street now without people knowing me. And I go into a coffee shop and I go up to pay my bill and the person before me has paid my bill. And sometimes I break down in, in public crying and I'm humbled that somebody else that I don't know had paid for my food bill. I mean, it's extremely humbling. But nobody knows more than me that God hasn't done all of this because of me. He's actually done it in spite of me. I just get up and I honestly, I start my day on my knees and I pray like I did this morning. I said, Lord, 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 this day is too big for me. And I pray that you would go ahead of me and I pray about my day. I eat my two crumpets, have my cup of tea and I spend my time in the Word and I go about my day and, and I know that the Lord has gone ahead of me. And as I speak to people, I hear these words drop in my head that I know they're not on my own. I know that he speaks through me, and, and I go about my day, and I'll be the best me I can be. And, and at the end of the day, I do make mistakes. But I end my day on my knees, and I say, Dad, Dad, I love you, Dad. I try my best today, Dad. And I ask him for forgiveness for the mistakes that I've made. And then when I put my head on the pillow, the Word of God, the Word of God says that when I wake in the morning, that he's removed my sins as far as the east is from the west, and that he remembers it no more. And so I just do the same thing. I live Groundhog Day. Um, Jesus Christ has ruined my life. He's ruined my life. I think about him when I wake up. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I think about him when I wake up. 
I think about him as I go about my day. I think about him. I can't get him out of my mind. I just can't get him out of my mind. He's ruled my life. Everything on this earth is dust and ashes. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl, a pearl of great price that when a man discovered that pearl, everything else becoming significant. He is so wonderful, glorious, and magnificent. He's uncomprehendable, yet he's comprehensible. And I dream and long for the day for my spirit to leave my body and return to him who gave it. I want to put my face in the palm of his hand. I want to hold his finger. I want him to embrace me to his bosom. He's ruined my life. I can't get him out of my mind. I love him. I adore him. He consumes me. If he's ruined your life, he's ruined it in a marvelous way, I guess you could say. I aspire to be everything that he represents and everything that he is. And finally, what does the future look like for Peter Lyndon James? Um, Shalom House is right on the verge of actually rolling self-funded rehabilitation centers right across Australia. Um, I have a three-year plan that I feel that God is asking me to change direction. I'm raising up a person to step in my footsteps. And I intend uh, to have a go at changing the policies and procedures of our nation. I believe that the policies and procedures of our nation need to be changed, that what needs to be done to transform or rehabilitate a person can't be done because everybody's following the book. But sadly, the book is set up to fail. Uh, and we, we must obey the laws of our land. But when you're dealing with people in addiction and you come to me, yourself personally, and you display symptoms, and depending on the symptoms you display, I must actually prescribe you the drugs or the chemicals to actually deal with the, the symptoms you display. If I don't and something happens to you, I can get sued. So I follow the book. But the problem is you're dealing with an addict and you're taking them off a legal addiction and, and putting them on a legal one. Mm. Uh, and that's just not okay. Yeah. Even centers like mine trying to get the zoning and, and everything and the loops that you have to help to help people. We're, we're elevating public policies and procedures above human lives. And I think that lives matter to God. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that we've got it wrong and it needs to be look, re-looked at. So myself personally, I've been doing lots of courses. I've just finished a, um, an Australian Institute of Company Directors course and, and a whole heap of courses. And I'm just going to learn and, and try to challenge the policies and procedures of our nation. Wow. So you're a member of your local council. You have your own church. You have Shalom House. You're a pretty busy guy. Yeah, I've written a book called Tough Love, How to Deal with Addiction. I travel Australia uh, doing public speaking seminars and equipping families, how to help families, and I specialize in addiction. And I just, I'm busy seven days a week, and we're about to do a, a big theater play, which opens up called Any Man, which I believe that we'll be touring. And who wrote that play? Um, the play is based on my life story. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the real-life drama acted by all the residents in Shalom. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been rehearsing for the last six months. A lady, one of the ladies, a drama teacher, uh, and it just uh, tells a story of addiction through um, how one family's or mum or dad's choices, how their choices can have an effect on a child, which can lead them through a world that's not their own, um, and, and, and shows how systematically and through that person's choices that the whole family is destroyed, but also shows that through right choices how a whole family can be rebuilt. So basically, it just tells us along story, it tells my story, it tells your story, it tells every person who's been through addiction story, it tells the little child story. Wow, that's fantastic. Peter Lyndon James, thank you so much for sharing the exciting things that are happening in your life. Thank you very much for having me. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Peter Lyndon James. 
founder and CEO of Shalom House, a very successful drug rehabilitation centre located near Perth, Western Australia. Peter's story just keeps getting better and better as he continues to seek the Lord's will in his life and to see what God would have him do next. But of course, what he is doing is not without opposition. So I would encourage you to keep Peter and the Shalom House in your prayers as they continue helping drug addicts change the direction of their lives. For more information, the website is shalomhouse.com.au. That's shalomhouse.com.au. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Peter's incredible story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. It was only a week before my son's Stephen, before his wedding. All the family had gathered, first time in four years that everyone was in Sydney. I knew by that time my wife was uh, suicidal because I had the lifeline training. I asked the questions of her very directly so that I knew what her plan was. I tried to stay with her, but she escaped from me. Noel Braun from Sydney is the author of the book, The Day Was Made for Walking. He is over 80 years old and reflects back on the highs and lows in his life, including his wife's suicide and the way his faith has impacted his life. That's Noel Braun sharing his life story next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.